Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Roddy will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Now understand, David isn't bragging when he talks about killing lions and bears. We would have never heard about this unless someone tried to get him to analyze his capability to kill a giant. David didn't write songs, I kill a bear and I kill a giant, blessed be the name of the Lord. I kill a bear, I kill a giant, blessed be the name of the Lord. He didn't write songs about that. He was writing songs about the glory of God and not his own. And the only reason he brings it up is because he's making a point. Are y'all getting me? The same God that kills bears and kills lions is the same God that can kill a giant. No problem, no sweat, stop tripping. Verse 37, David said, the Lord will deliver me from the hand of the Philistines. Now listen quick. What we are in private, you'll trust the Lord, you'll also be in public. If we cultivate a relationship with the living God in private, when you're in public, you'll be ready to do what God has for you to do. Did you get that? What you are in private, you're going to be in public. If you cultivate a relationship with the living God in private, when you're in public, you'll be ready for what God has called you to do. Saul told David, okay, God go with you and gave him his armor. David put the armor on and it didn't fit. And David said, I can't walk with these, let alone fight against against the giant in these. Now here's battle number three. Never fight with someone else's armor. You know, Chuck Swindoll said that David was a 36 regular and Saul was a 52 long. It's probably true. You can't fight with someone else's weapons. And you can't fight with someone else's relationship with the Lord. Just like you're not going to heaven because your grandmother was a Christian or your father was a preacher. You can't, God, somebody said it like this, God doesn't have any grandkids, only sons and daughters. So David realized that he cannot get victory over this giant in someone else's armor. Keep that tucked away. We're coming back to that. Point number four, finally, the battle, verse 40 through 58. Then in verse 40, let the saints say amen. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself how many stones? Five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And so the Philistine, Goliath, came and began drawing near to David. And the man who who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, 
he disdained him, for he was only a youth, a ruddy kid, but he was pretty good looking. And so the Philistines said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods, and the Philistines said to David, come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistines, y'all get this scene, this big old guy and this little old kid. And ruddy means kind of red, by the way. So maybe he had red hair. Maybe his skin was kind of red from being out in the sun. Who knows? But you got this ruddy little kid. Maybe anywhere between 12 and 15, 17 maybe. Standing before this giant, David said to this Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you and take your big head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and all the earth. Here is why. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and spear. For the battle is who? The Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And keep in mind, David is doing all this talking. He hasn't read the story. (laughs) He doesn't know the ending. So, you know, you might look at this and go, well, David's like, he's like, this will be like trash talking, you know. Yeah, you're going to do this to me. I'm going to do that to you. Yeah, you think you're going to get my head? I'm going to get your head. (laughs) (laughs) He hasn't read the story. He doesn't know. But he trusts the Lord, and he knows God, okay? And so it was when the Philistine arose in verse 48 and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead. I love the detail of the Bible. And he fell on his face to the earth. I'm going to tell you why in just a second. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, the Philistine's sword, which was probably weighed as much as David, and drew it out, its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they took off. Now, the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron, and the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to that place, even as far as Gath and Ekron. And then... The children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. And when Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, who is the commander of the army, Abner, 
whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I don't know. And so the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. And then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Yuck. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Finally, verse 40 tells us David took his staff and picked up five smooth stones. Now listen, these are the weapons that David knew how to use. These are the weapons that David had proven. The shepherd's staff, a sling, and he drew near to the Philistine. Now remember that there's two mountains and two armies. And between the two mountains is the brook Elah or the Elah Valley. David, watch this. I love it, and I know that you will. David doesn't get his ammunition until he gets in the brook. That tells us that David is already committed to the battle before he got his ammunition. I love that. Again, don't listen to people, as they will talk you many times right out of a blessing. Well, you don't have this and you don't have that. How are you going to do this for the Lord? And how's, you know, how are you going to do that for the Lord? And how's this going to work out? You know, me and Miss Elvira were moving here with the family. And y'all know my story. I'm not going to go over it tonight. We, you know, we didn't have any money. We didn't have anything. And, and, um, and, and, and we, but we did know that God was calling us. We did know that God told us to come here. God told us to come here. He tells us to, to go to Greensboro, to, 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 to uh, Winston-Salem, or Wake Forest. God told us to come to Raleigh, to this area right in this pocket, the triangle. And there were people telling us, you know, well, what about this and what about that? Remember, you know, well, we, you know y'all don't have this and y'all don't have We didn't have any money, none. Matter of fact, we left California. I don't know if I ever told you all this. We left California. We had very, we had enough gas. We were, we were going to go to Philadelphia and see my mom first before coming here. And because we were changing addresses and changing locations, we had done our taxes, and we put my mother's address to forward the check. I'll tell you all that story about our taxes. All right, I'm going to tell you right now. And, 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 and so we, we got our, our taxes. Um, we put the, the, my mother's address because we had no address. Knowing that mom would forward the check. And so we got to Philadelphia. We were there for, you know, seven days or whatever it was. And we still had no money to come here, but we knew that we were going to come here and that God was going to do work. And um, the day that we were leaving, again, we had no money. I mean, no money, meaning a couple of hundred bucks. And um, the day that we were leaving, our income tax check came to my mom's house. My mom went out to the mailbox because we were like, man, I wish that check had came. <laughs> man, you, you ever, you, y'all would be like that, you know, man, I wish that check had came. Ooh, it might be all right if that check get here. You know, I'm looking every day for that check. And no check, no check, no check, no check. So the day we're leaving, my mom goes out. I'm like, we were packed up, ready to go. 
My mom goes out to the mailbox. She came running in with the, with the brown envelope. She came running, oh, the check, the check, the check. We were so happy. You know, we thought Jesus came. And uh, it wasn't that much money, but it was some. And it was enough to take us a month, probably. But that was better than nothing. And um, I remember thinking that the odds really were against us. Uh, so much so that we, I knew, I knew this. I said, we are either going to be very successful in what God has called us, what we believe God has called us to do, or we are going to be living in the Raleigh Rescue Mission. <laughs> it is that diametrically opposed. We're either going to be very successful or we're going to be living in the rescue mission because it was that dramatic of, of, of what we did not have. And people telling us and so on and so forth that, you know, you don't have this and you don't have that. And, and, and you, you've got to move by faith. And you've got to face the giant. And if God has called you to face the giant, then you face the giant and you move by faith. And God will take care of the rest. As we're going to see in the rest of our story. David didn't have the five smooth stones until after committing to do the work. Today, we got some sophisticated weapons, don't we? Have you heard of daisy cutters, bunker busters, smart bombs, Kevlar bulletproof vest, night vision goggles? Really cool, by the way. I've looked through them myself. Very nice. Uh, we've got robots. We have robots now that can go in and check and make, check for bombs and that kind of thing. Cameras in those robots, bombs. We have uh, bombs with guided, you know, missiles and satellite navigation. And in the U.S. military, we carry an arsenal of weapons to fight and defend ourselves. In David's day, they had sticks and javelins and shields and helmets and swords and rocks. We've come a long way, baby. And I'm sure that David is in the brook choosing stones. Stay with me. I'm almost done. Choosing stones. And someone probably went to wake up Goliath and said, hey, somebody's down there. I think they want to fight. David's probably walking along, singing the song, choosing stones. Oh, that looks like a good one. 2 Samuel 21, 22 tells us that Goliath, I told you earlier, had four brothers. Many believe that David chose five stones, one for each of the brothers, including Goliath. That is a possibility, although I'm not so sure I buy that. And the reason is because, one, the brothers are not mentioned in the story at all. So why would David be planning, what, are they going to come across town? Possibly, maybe. But what I think is David was just being smart and being wise, and getting more ammunition, just in case. Trust in the Lord. We don't know. So David hears the Philistines coming, and when Goliath said, saw David, he laughed in disdain because he was a youth. Look at verse 43. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones to break my bones? And he cursed David by his gods arrogance. In verse 44, the Philistine, the Goliath said to David, fee fi fo fum. Just kidding, it's in the Hebrew actually. Verse 44, 
Goliath said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And I'm sure Goliath's voice is echoing through the valley. You got to wonder what the faces of the armies on both sides. Their mouths must be hanging open, watching the scene in slow motion. And they're thinking, this is not a contest, this is murder. Eliab is thinking, Dad's going to kill us. David is out there. <laughs> Verse 45, David said, you come to me with the sword, with the spear, the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, whom you defy. Verse 46, this little kid said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'm going to cut off your big head and give it to the carcasses, and your head is so big, they'll be eating for weeks. <laughs> and this is why, and why is he doing it? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, verse 47, and that all the people will know the Lord does not save with a sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord's. It was at that point that David, did you all get the scene here? I, I was just telling a friend, I said, this it would be like, if somebody would do a really good movie, this is like action-packed, it's like never a dull moment, it's funny, it's action-packed, there's, you know... Like, I even say, you know, it's 2013, put a few bombs in there. I mean, you know, <laughs> and make it a guy movie. Just put in a few bombs. There's no need for dialogue. Just all action, kill people, blow up things, and guys will love the movie. I'll go see it. We'll, we'll, we'll have a guy movie night, and we'll go see it. It was at this point, did you get that? That David's running toward Goliath. Goliath is thinking, this kid is crazy. He can't wait for me to kill him. <laughs> Goliath is running toward David. David is running all the while putting a stone. Are y'all getting that? Putting a stone in his sling. He slung it around and God guided the stone like a guided missile right into the forehead of Goliath. And he fell to his knees on his face. Why? I told you I'd tell you why. Why? Because the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> bow. That's why I believe. Verse 50, David won the battle with a stone and a sling. The battle belongs to the Lord. Say amen, saints. And David is entering this battle from victory, not for victory. He already had the victory. I believe David could have swung that sling up in the air and the stone could have went straight up in the air and came down and hit Goliath right on top of the head. David could have been a bad shot and slung that, that sling and that stone could have went around the world and hit, and hit Goliath in the back of the head. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? But that's how much I believe that the battle belongs to the Lord. That's how much I believe that it was the Lord who got the victory, not David. And that will be the careful thing about doing a movie is that the message of the movie is that the Lord got the victory, not David. That will be the careful thing. Right? Look at verse 51, tells us that David cut off Goliath's head. I'm out of time. I knew it. Now listen close. 
At this point, David has removed any question as to whether Goliath is going to get up again. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they took off running. When Israel saw the Philistines' champion was dead, they took off running after the Philistine army. They chased them to the gates of Ekron, and their wounded fell. And then Israel came back and plundered all the tents of the Philistines. Verse 54, David took the head of Goliath and brought it to Jerusalem. When Saul saw David going out against Goliath, he said to his commander of the army, whose son is this? And Abner said, I don't know. Now, I know you're asking the question, doesn't, doesn't Saul know David? He plays a guitar for him. Yes, he did. But Saul didn't know whose son he was. Abner grabbed David and brought him before Saul, verse 57, with the head of Goliath in his hand. And Saul probably said, well, you put that away. I think David was a little sick. David had a little issue. <laughs> He's carrying around his big old head. Saul asked, whose son are you? He said, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Now listen, real quick, coming in for a landing right here. David is a great picture of Jesus. David was the anointed one. He was anointed with oil to be the future king. Jesus was the anointed one. David was the sent one. David was sent by his father. Jesus was a sent one. Jesus was sent by his heavenly father. David was a scorned one. He was treated with scorn and ridicule by his own brothers. Jesus came to his own and his own did what? Received him not. David was the saving one. David faced and defeated Goliath and all of Israel was victorious. Jesus died on the cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, rose from the grave three days later, defeating Satan and all the forces of hell. Let me give you four reminders or lessons or takeaways from chapter 17. Number one, facing, please write it down. Just write this down, just this. Number one, takeaways. Facing giants is intimidating. Faith doesn't blind us to reality. The giant was really big, but it does enable us to see beyond to the eternal. Number two, Doing battle is lonely. Your Goliaths are your Goliaths. As a matter of fact, they might be gigantic to everyone else, but to you, the battle is for you and the Lord to fight together. Not your pa- Are you listening? Not your pastor, not your counselor, not your homie, not your BFF. They can't fight the battle for you. They can stand behind you and cheer you on. But you need to cross the battle line yourself. Number three, trusting God is stabilizing. It's amazing how calm David was. David hadn't read the story. He didn't know the outcome. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What? The evidence of things not seen. Number four, winning victories is memorable. God came through for David. And how many in this room with a show of the right hand? God came through for you. That's every single one of us. I'll wait while you clap your hands right there. God won't fail you in the future. God cannot fail you. So what are your giants? We all have them. A giant is anything that distracts us from our focus on God. Anything that deters us from our service to God. Anything that drains us of our driving passion for God. 
the giant of doubt and disbelief and disease and depression and debt and discrimination and discouragement, abandonment, abuse, addiction, problems, pressure, pain, persecution, rejection, temptation, fear, anger. A giant could be anything in your life that's causing you to fear and cower and run and hide. But there's only one way. Listen, been a Christian a long time. And I will tell you this, that I've learned, and any Christian will tell you this is true. There's only one way to handle a giant. And that is to face it and kill it. That's it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.